Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, what's up? This is John Lee Dumas from EO Fire. Hey, this is Molly Bloom, author of Molly's Game. Hey, this is Patrick B. David from Value 10 Minutes. And if you want your life to be on fire. And if you want to learn how to play the game of networking on another level. If you want to consistently add value to your life. You should be listening to Build Your Network. Build Your Own Network podcast. Build Your Network. With my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Welcome to part four in the Hit Topic series, Top Networking Tips. Today, we're featuring John Lee Dumas, seven-figure expert podcaster and online marketer, Molly Bloom, author of the best-selling book and hit feature film, Molly's Game, based on her life of running high-stakes poker games for billionaires and celebrities, and Patrick Bet-David, founder of PHP Agency and creator of Valuetainment, the number one entrepreneurship channel on YouTube, coming up on a million subscribers, three expert networkers, all in one place. Please, please, please join many others and be sure to screenshot this episode and upload it to your Instagram story. Tag me, tag John Lee Dumas, Patrick David, and Molly Bloom, and I'll be sure to head over there and reply to each and every single one of those messages. But before we get into that, my current mastermind is coming to an end. And although I'm sad about that, I'm also super happy to announce the beginning of the new mastermind, which I'm absolutely stoked for. This one is going to be a game changer. But that's all I can say for now. So in the meantime, enjoy Top Networking Tips Part 4 with John Lee Dumas, Molly Bloom, and Patrick Bet David. 
So with that being said, with it being that important of a task, of a skill to develop, why do you think that so many people fail at growing their inner circle? You know, because they don't have guidance, because they don't really have the understanding of the value. And, you know, that's why, you know, when you were telling me about the kind of essence of this podcast, I was like, this idea is a home run because people need the guidance. They need the step-by-step. They need the case studies. They need the understanding. They need the stories of how and why building your network and actually building relationships and connecting with people. Why is so important? People don't get the why because they've never done it before because they don't have a real world tangible example. Well, you know, shows like this and stories like mine are going to show people, you know, the real world examples of building your network the right way. Who's the most interesting or maybe influential person that you've been able to meet through networking? You know, I'd say Sally Hogshead. She's always just fascinated with me. I mean, she's always fascinated me. She's not fascinated with (laughs) me. She's always fascinated me because she's just such an incredible stage presence when it comes to live speaking. I remember seeing her live at Social Media Marketing World 2014, and she just blew the roof off. And I was like, man, that woman just has it together. And I was able to learn more about her because, you know, she just has this great history where you know, she graduated from Duke. Her older sister is a gold medalist in swimming, a U.S. Wow. gold medalist, Olympic medalist. Her older brother is like some insane PhD with like all these different accolades and like not the Nobel Prize, but like something along those lines for like the medical field. And she was like, had all this stuff to live up to. And then she decided to become an entrepreneur and she ended up becoming the number one ranked female speaker in the world. And then she was able to develop this incredible philosophy around how the world sees you and build it into a business. And I was able to study her, her stage presence, her business acumen, her marketing. And it really spurred a lot of the ideas that I had to generate revenue with Entrepreneur on Fire. And I was able to have her on the show. I've now had her on four times. You know, She now comes to me whenever she has questions about podcasting or whenever she's launching a book. So we've actually developed a great relationship, a great friendship. And it was just all through the power of connecting and networking and me being able to add value to her world. And because of that, you know, now... I'm able to get value from her in different areas that I needed in. Now, we've talked about a couple of different types of these today so far, but if you had to boil it down to just one, if you were just to give one tip on how to network more efficiently, what would that tip be? You know, I can even just sum it up in that one word is give. And I will expound from that is if you to network more efficiently, it's always going to be you giving 51 to 99% of that equation. Hmm. And In the beginning, it should probably be much more towards that 99% because you as an individual just need to be giving, giving value, you know, giving a reason for that person to want to have a relationship with you, to want to be connected to you because they're going to see that value, you know, because you're making it so obvious. So if you can just kind of focus on that one word give, then you're going to win. What's a really practical way that you can do that in a Facebook group type setting? So in a Facebook group type setting, you know, I would say you'd be in that Facebook group every single day you would ask a question because asking a question is giving because it's a question that you have that you're giving somebody the opportunity to be an authority figure on and answer that question. And so now you're getting value. That person is getting value from being able to be an authority to answer that question. Other people in that Facebook group are getting value from seeing your question and getting it answered. Also giving one piece of support to somebody in that group, like just saying like, you know, whatever it might be, like find a way to support somebody. Give somebody a piece of guidance because you're an authority too in something. And whatever that might be, give a piece of guidance to somebody. Even if it's little, like, you know, add lemon to your water in the morning. If you're feeling tired, like maybe you're just a little dehydrated, like something little, Mm -hmm. but like add value. So ask a question, 
answer a question, give one piece of guidance, give one piece of support, and just be consistent by doing that in a Facebook group. And you'll be amazed at how you build relationships and network within that community. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Consistency is definitely key okay. in those situations as well. And Jether, you might recognize this last question a little bit because I kind of ripped it off of one of the ones that you asked a lot <laughs> of your okay. But if you moved to a new place, lost all of your current contacts, what would you do at that point to start rebuilding your network? I still have money though, right? Yes. Okay. Well, since I still have money, I throw a party. And what I do with that party is I go and I find a really cool place in that town and I approach the owner of that and I say, listen, I want to throw a little mixer here and I'm really excited about it. I'm going to have a band. I'm going to have some appetizers. I'm going to have you know drink tickets. I'm going to give people when they come in the door. And I'm going to be bringing a lot of cool, exciting, affluent, you know, successful entrepreneurs. And so get excited about it and I'll get them on board and I would secure the space. And then I would go on different things like the different local Facebook groups for that community. I would post something on meetup.org. You know, I'd even take out an ad in the newspaper. They still do those things these days. You know, I would really get really regional focused. Go to some of the places like if they have, for instance, like a WeWork in that office. I would go to the person who runs the WeWork and I'd say, hey, can I, can I pass out these flyers for a free mixer? Or I would probably actually even try to throw the mixer at the WeWork where all these entrepreneurs were. And then I would be that person there 30 minutes early before that mixer started at the door, introducing myself, handing a drink ticket or two to people as they came in and say, hey, first drinks on me, you know, enjoy the night. And I would just shake hands and let people as they came in. And then after, you know, the majority of the people arrived, I kind of would wander around and reintroduce myself after that initial introduction. And I would try to set up coffee meetings for the next week and just say, hey, listen, I don't want to quote unquote pick your brain, but you know, I'm new to the area and you know, I'd love to find out how I can add value to your world and would meet me for a coffee. You know, I'll do my best to make sure it's not a waste of your time. And I'd get 
10, 20 different meetings throughout the next week. And I'd make the most of it and grow my tribe from there. Great. So when's that going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I lose everything. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. What were some of like the biggest networking skills that you picked up along that? Because you built up obviously a fantastic network in LA, but when you moved to New York, you were basically back at square one. So mm -hmm. you literally did the same thing over by yourself with no connections at that point. What were some of like the tactics that you put into play with that? I think that the best tactic I ever employed was truly caring about who people are and what their story is and taking care of relationships. Hmm. Because I made friends that I still had, even when I worked for Reardon and I was an assistant, you know, hmm. like you just never know who's going to be able to be helpful in your life. And so that's why I think it's really important to, to work on deepening, you know, connecting and then retaining and deepening connections. Yeah. I think as humans, we have an inherent curiosity to who people are and what their story is. Yeah. And that, that gets a little buried over time, but indulge in that, you know, indulge in it for yourself because connections are really important. And also like, you know, you want to build a great network, find out who people are, care about it, ask them questions, make them feel important. I mean, it will get you everywhere, you know? Yeah. And it seems like moving to where opportunity is, was a big thing for you. Can you talk about how that might be something that's beneficial if you're maybe somebody that's considering moving to a bigger city or moving to where more business is done and mm -hmm. maybe just like kind of afraid of pulling the trigger? Yeah. Well, I guess you just have to decide who and what you want to be in the world. And I mean, for me, I like exploration and adventure. And, you know, so like the two things that I need to know is is that I don't have fidelity to geography. I have fidelity to opportunity. And number two, which is the biggest one, is doing real substantial work on fear so that that's not what holds you back. I think it's important to take the time to kind of get to know yourself and to see the difference between fear and, you know, a true signal of like the danger. Yeah. And I think 99% of the time it's fear. And something that's helped me with that so much is meditation. Just a daily meditation practice has been mm. massive for that. Okay. Is that just like mindful meditation, like just being mindful in the moment or do you say something or think something or have music or? My meditation isn't fancy. You know, I, I always tell people I started out 30 seconds a day. I know from sports that we need to create a habit, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. and that's what makes us able to, to move the needle on big giant endeavors. And so I knew that I needed to create a habit, but my mind was a crazy place. So I needed to start out with 30 seconds a day. Yeah. The next day I started out, I did a minute and just focusing on the in and out breath. And then it's taken different forms over the years. Headspace has been an insanely helpful app in the beginning that just helped me. You know, it's like, it's like meditation for dummies. And I was dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, everyone's like, I don't know if I'm doing it right or whatever. Like if you can sit there and focus on your breath for 20 minutes in the morning, your life will change. That's my experience. You know, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while. You're one of the best networkers that, that I've ever talked to. And you're able to build an incredibly powerful network uh, while you're running the game. Since you've stopped, have you been able to keep that network intact at all? You know, I've, put, I've used a completely different network. I've created, built a completely different network. I am more, much more interested now in, you know, a different, like I don't need to put together poker games, right. but, but when I needed to put together a movie, mm -hmm. I could... I could call and I could leverage the people that I met that are in the movie business, you know? Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now I'm interested in, in sort of impact. And so I've started to meet with the governors and, you know, different people in politics and then also speech coaches. And cause you know, I like I'm speaking. And, and so it's just, I think once you build a network, you learn how to do it and you can really kind of do it anywhere. Got it. Got it. Tell us about a time when a connection in your life specifically led to a moment of success. 
Oh my gosh, there's a lot of them, but I'll give you a couple of them. Let's just say about a guy named Eli. You just brought up Eli. Eli introduced me at one event. I, uh, Eli and I got together. Eli, at that time, I heard him speak at LAX at this one event, and his son was in prison for nine years. And he and I got together, and he invited me to his 50th birthday out at his house in uh, Agora Hills. And he said, listen, man, my son's in prison. Do you mind going and visiting him? I said, no problem. He gave me his, you know, the information. I had to go through a one-month background check, all this stuff, because it was at San Luis Obispo, right by Mora Bay. And I went. I went to spend the whole day at this prison. It wasn't the best place to be because it's men's colony, which is like a legitimate prison. Like, these are, these are real legit people that are in there, like MS-13 type of people that are not messing around. Just when I was there, a guy, like literally an hour before, killed another guy, but just, you know, so... So anyways, I went over there and I met with uh, Wadia. Wadia and I spent a whole day together. Wadia was not very successful, married, got kids. And uh, Eli and I built a strong relationship. Eventually, when I got into the financial industry, Eli introduced me to a few guys. And through referrals, that contact ended up making me $30 million or some number like that over the next you know, 12 years. Another one I will tell you is a guy named Mark I met with. Mark was in the... Uh, insurance business. He was a major player in Europe selling life insurance. He's twice my age, not right now. At that time, he was twice my age. And he and I built a strong relationship together. And then he told me that what you're building reminds me of what Steve and Steve did with Apple. Would you like to meet Steve Wozniak? I said, sure. He put me in contact with Steve Wozniak and Wozniak and I hit it off and he came down. And next thing you know, he uh, comes to our event and one night he was only signed to only be with us for 15 minutes. He stays till one o'clock in the morning. And the next day, if you go online and you search on Steve Wozniak, one of the first interviews that come up is he and I. And we had a good time talking about that. Another one will be when Mark Cuban and I connected and I asked him how I can help him. He says, you know, we're trying to get the word out for CyberDust. If you can help us get the word out on CyberDust, that'd be great. I said, let me interview you and we'll tell the story of it. We did. And that interview, Mark Cuban took off. Another one was a guy from Peru. <laughs> this guy named Bill, that guy, funny guy. <laughs> American guy who moves to Peru is, is a very, very interesting guy. He puts me in contact with Robert Kiyosaki, and I go meet with Robert Kiyosaki for a couple hours, and we hit it off, build a good relationship together. And that video gets shared on the 20-year anniversary of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and becomes the most trending interview online for entrepreneur.com, and it was trending on all these other websites. Look, networks and contacts, if you get into the right ones, it can completely change the face of your game and change the way you think if you get into the right circles. Now, you just told us several stories, not just one, several stories about how a connection in your life led to a really important relationship that you're able to cultivate. With that being said, with networking being so important, why do you think that so many people fail at doing it? Yeah. So look, I'm a big capitalist. I believe in capitalism. I think capitalism works. I think capitalism is the greatest economical system in the world. I grew up in a family that believed in communism. My mother was a communist. Her entire family was a communist. My dad said they were imperialist. And we came to a system like this. And I was kind of confused because on one end, I felt bad for poor people because my mother always felt bad for poor people and her family couldn't stand rich people. And my dad on the other side would say, poor people are lazy and rich people are this. So eventually I sat and watched both. And I said, wait a minute, both of you have some, you know, you're not 100% about your philosophy. I think there's a lot of people that need inspiration to have their lives changed. But I think at the same time, there are a lot of people who don't have their finances in order because they're simply way too lazy. They 
play video games and watch TV more than they read books and get to work. And I'm sorry, I don't feel bad for you. I don't feel bad the fact that you're struggling. I don't feel bad that, you know, I was at a meeting the other day in Dallas speaking in front of 450 people. And I said, how many of you have a four-year degree? Bunch of hands went up. Okay. I said, how many of you since getting your four-year degree have finished one business book by yourself since graduating school and getting your degree? I would say 90% of hands went down. I, so you think you went and got a four-year degree from there, you're going to go out there and become financially free and figure everything out? It's not going to work that way. I think sometimes people put very little energy and obsession into figuring things out, and they put more energy and obsession into why they're victims and why they haven't been dealt the right hand and why life isn't fair and all this other stuff. And quite frankly, life really doesn't care how unfair it is to you. It just really doesn't. I mean... When we lived in Iran for 10 years and we were getting bombed one day, 167 times by Saddam Hussein, and I'm living in Tehran, I'm sorry. Life doesn't care that I'm getting bombed on. I, people were dying left and right. We were walking out one day and we got in the car. There's body parts on the side of the freeway. And I'm looking at it as a seven-year-old kid. Believe me, that thought in your mind never goes away. But what am I going to do? I'm going to sit there and feel sorry for myself? No. We have to make it work. My Dad was tough enough to say, look, don't look, look straight, don't look straight. We're going to figure this out. You're going to be fine. And we came and tried to figure it out. And eventually good things happen. But I know a lot of friends who lived with that and used that as a crutch to say, well, you don't understand that I'm going through all these stuff in my mind and it's so difficult that I can't get rid of it. Well, whatever you give energy to and power to, it's going to grow. And that's just not me telling you this. That's a lot of philosophers who have told you this over the years. So I don't think it's the fact that people are not doing it because they don't know it. One, they're afraid. Two, they're not putting the effort. Three, they just don't have the right mentors around them to challenge them a little bit and push them a little bit to go find out what their true capacity looks like. Man, that's incredible. That's definitely something that I say that I've learned probably the most in the last couple of years is that the biggest common denominator that I've found with people who aren't successful or haven't reached the level of success that they think that they should they have that victim mentality that you're just talking about. And it's so, so important to take control of your life and of the things that happen to you and react in a way that's positive instead of a way that's negative. And I'm so happy that you brought that up. One thing that I like to stress, Patrick, is that probably the biggest mistake that I see people make when they network is they are constantly asking for something in return. They're always looking to take and take and take and never give anything. What are some practical ways that you add more value to your inner circle than you receive? So, you know, for me, I'll give you an idea. <laughs> this is a great way to describe this. When I got out of high school, I went to the army. I got out of the army. I had a list of friends. I had a group of friends who we were very close with. I made one decision. I said, listen, Whatever happens, whatever help these guys need from me outside of Pat, pay my bills because I don't do well with, hey, uh, pay my bills, pay my bills, pay my bills. I don't care how much money I'm making. You're responsible for your bills and I'm responsible for my bills and you need to get to work. And if you got really bad struggles that's going on, yes, that's a different story. But for the most part, you can get out there and figure out a way to make $300 pay your bills. But I said, I'm going to ask for people on how I can help them. So my question became, hey, John, how's everything? Good, man. Is there anything I can help you with? Yeah. I mean, there's this one thing. What's that? Brother, I'm putting this event together. I need somebody to help me with a better deal for ice cream machine or for a snow cone machine because it's for my kids. Do you know anybody? I would send a message to my sister. I'd send a message to all these other Hey, do you know how much money is? I'm 240 bucks. Do we know when I say yes? Call this guy 150 bucks. Okay, call this guy. It's 150 bucks. 
So I became a connector. And what would happen at that party is, oh, how did you find out the snow cone machine guy? Oh, my good friend Pat told me about it. And Pat, how did you connect? I connect. Oh, and then there's an intro being made. So I'm the connector, I'm the connector, I'm the connector. I contributed and I constantly gave back. And I would say, I'd probably tell you 90% of the time, nobody helped me back. But the 10% that did, it made up 10x for the other 90% that didn't. So I'm not waiting for everyone to help me out. I'm still going to go out of my own way to help people out because that's the values and principles I'm living by, not the values and principles I'm going based on what other people live by. Those are my values and principles I, I live by. And I fully believe that eventually a ton is going to come back and return for me overwhelmingly what I give to people. And it obviously has. Um, there's givers and there's takers. And uh, sometimes you just got to let the takers take and you just keep giving. If you had to choose one networking tip, Patrick, if you could just narrow it down to one thing, if you were talking to somebody and they asked you for the one tip on networking, what would that be? I am a big fan of, of who you know. And let me explain what I mean by this. I sell through people. What I mean by I sell through people, I think too many people just sell my best sales have came through me selling through people. What does that mean? As simple as this sounds, when you're networking, sometimes people don't network very well because the person they're networking with, they're not painting a picture of clearly what it is that they need. So the other person doesn't know what to give you. Let me explain by, uh, to you what I mean by this. Let's just say I have a friend here, Paul. Paul is standing right in front of me. He's got the camera guy in his hand. He looks ready to use that camera. And I ask Paul, and I say, hey, Paul, what kind of girl are you looking for? And Paul says, man, I want a really good girl. I said, okay. So what's a really good girl? I want her to be really good. Now, what does really good mean? Really good can mean a hundred different things. Really good looks-wise, really good personality, really good in bed, really good with her finances, really good with her family, really good in faith, really good with the Bible, really good with what? What do you want her to be really good with? But if Paul asks me and says, Hey, uh, so I say, Paul, you got a girl? No, you, you don't have a girl. What, what kind of girl you're looking for? She says, honestly, I'm looking for somebody that's somewhere around my age. And, you know, I don't mind if she's got a kid. I'd like her to be Hispanic. I like her to be Catholic or Christian or atheist. I like her to have a degree. And I like her to be somebody that's into sports as well. You're going to think about one or two girls in your mind. You're going to say, you know what? My cousin Jenny, I, maybe I need to introduce her. But you went clearly to a specific person rather than Paul just saying, I'm looking for a really good girl. I think sometimes salespeople don't ask for specific referrals. They ask for too many general referrals. And whenever you ask for general referrals, you don't get the highest reward on that referral. And you are not helping the other person give you the best type of referrals that you're requesting. And last thing here, Patrick, before we switch gears, if you moved to a new place and lost all of your current contacts, what would you do at that point to start rebuilding your network? Same skills that get you all those old contacts. It's the same skills that get you to all the same old contacts. Actually listen to people, make notes of what people say, see what matters, have your phone and anybody you talk to that gives you specific details about their life, write it in your notes section. Travis told me he is such and such. Travis told me he works for this, you know, water company that they sell such and such. And it's $7,500 called Puronics. And he used to work at this company before and he learned how to do this. Just take notes and pay attention to what people are saying. And then as you're going through treating people differently, people are going to have a memory on how you treated them. And then subtly ask, make your request. Say, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm looking for. Do you guys want to do this? And when you put that team together and cast the vision, 
Same exact principles apply even if you start from scratch to where you're at now. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You may have heard me in the intro give you a little bit of a taste of the new mastermind that I have coming up. I can't yet reveal some of the awesome stuff that's going to be a part of that mastermind. But if it's something that you are interested in, please feel free to shoot me an email over to Travis at buildyournetwork.co and I would love to chat with you about it. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.